All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And there is no Scott. Well, there is a Scott this week, but he's not on the show this week. Scott is in uh, parts unknown. He's coming from Truth and Consequences, New Mexico, uh, weighing in at 222 pounds. And, you know, for this non-title false count anywhere match but he's not going to be here today he's he's doing other things um much like the way the bills seem to not be there on sunday um, <laughs> but uh scott wasn't the only no show this week yeah exactly um look the bills lost not, look we, we spent all week saying how are the how are the browns two and a half three point favorites over the bills and they they won the game 19 16 by three points <laughs> so as paul pointed out if you follow us on twitter at bills mny um Vegas knows what they're doing. They yep. know what they're doing. They make their monies. Um, so, yeah, Bills fall to six and three. The Browns climb up to three and six. Um, I, I don't want to say anything's in jeopardy yet, but they certainly, the Bills made things tighter for themselves with regards to the wild card standings. They still hold on to the mm-hmm. fifth spot. Um, they're now, I, I would say, I think it's two and a half games behind the Patriots instead of being, you know, potentially seven and two and just a game and a half behind the Patriots. Yep. Uh, I think two, cause the Patriots had their buy. So eight and one, six and three. So yeah, Patriots are now exactly two up, but a golden opportunity missed to be one behind right. with, with a head to head game left. Right. Um, Dolphins and Jets both at two wins now, but the, the, there are three, five and four teams the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Colts. The Steelers will be on the schedule, um, and they're just a game back now. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Colts are probably pretty good, even though they lost to the Dolphins this week. But we can we can get into some of the bigger picture stuff later. Uh, the Bills struggled uh, against. Look, it was a nine to nine. So it was a nine to seven half. It was nine to nine at one point. And they did it the hard way. They did it. They did it at a touchdown with an out an extra point and then a field goal for Cleveland. And then Buffalo had a touchdown and extra point and then got a safety for the. So, you know, not the way you get nine in either case, really. Uh, but but they they did tie at nine. And then the the Browns pulled ahead uh, with the field goal and uh, Buffalo answered with a touchdown, followed by Cleveland's touchdown. Uh, and that's it. 1916. Buffalo had the ball at the end of the game. We will spend time on the end of that drive. But Paul, talk us about. Let, let's talk about the beginning of the game and the middle yep. of the game, because I'm I'm really gonna kind of hammer away at the end of the game, personally. So. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if if we had to listen to your recap of how those two teams got to nine points each, and you had to guess which game which two teams were playing. I'd be saying, oh, that's a, that's a Bills-Browns game. That's a Bills-Browns game. That's how game. that happens. And I mentioned on Twitter, like, every game they played, and I legitimately think this is true over the last 25 years, even the fans of the wing team have to be like, you know what? Do I really feel that good after today? It's just, like, always a battle of who can crap themselves less, it seems, with these two teams. And that's it's just a sad truth. So beginning of the game, I'm glad you specified because what's easy to overlook at the the end is that, well, you know what? I won't get too far ahead of us. Run defense again. I, I just want to talk about it at the beginning of the game. And we can note, boy, they really do a good job turning it around at halftime. But they have to do that because they keep giving up huge chunks of yards in the first half. They gave up, I think, 109 rushing yards in the first half last week. I think 101 by Peterson. And then 110 yards this week. And Nick Chubb becomes a third straight back uh, to go for over 100 yards against the Bills. And I think Kenny and Drake got close before it was traded. I would have to look that up in the Miami game, though. So they have really put themselves 
in some holes. It was all of a sudden, you know, you turn on the game and the Browns are winning just like that. And and as much as I don't think it's fair to uh, drill things on a defense that only gave up 19 points and scored two of their own, you know, that's that's something that's going to have to be, you know, figured out because now it's gone from being a trend to being almost an identity of, Hey, we can't stop the run for a half of football every week. Yeah. So, you know, that stood out to me in the first half, the offense again, just, and I think this will probably be really all game, but just the lack of consistency. I did like them going forward on, on two fourth and fours during the game. Uh, the only time they had a fourth and four and didn't go for it was their last play of the game, which we'll talk about. But uh, so I like the aggressiveness play calling, though. They said, oh, they you know, they were stacking the box. The Browns were stacking the box, daring us to pass. Well, you know what? You still were averaging over five yards of carry to Devin Singletary, who ran 20 times last week. So if you do that again this week, you'd have over 100 yards in theory. Instead, they run him eight times uh, total and they ran Gore only a handful of times as well against the 30th ranked rush defense in the league. So that was a problem. Allen, again, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about him more in, in more depth, but just inconsistency, uh, the name of the game, missing, you know, nothing we haven't said in previous weeks. So I don't want to harp on it too much right now before we talk about the broader scheme of things. But, you know, missed deep balls, making some great throws, some great elusiveness, great job running, but still not able to move the offense into the end zone, except on their first drive and their, their or their second drive and their penultimate drive. So. You know, special teams uh, he, missing a 34 yard in the first half, like Hauschka did, that hurts you. I thought Andre Roberts played pretty well. I thought that Corey Bajorquez played pretty well. So I would say, yeah, up until the fourth quarter of this game, this was pretty much everything I expected in a, a Bills Browns game and between these current iterations of the Bills and Browns. Uh, I'd like to point out that the, you know, we say this is like a typical Bills Browns game. I just briefly, the last three games. Uh, before this, 33-13 Buffalo, 26-10 Buffalo, 37-24 Cleveland, and then 24-14 Buffalo. Um, so, like, hmm. we have so 24-14, we watched that at uh, Costco's place, I remember. Okay. And then the 37-24 one, I remember, because that's the most deceptive final score where the Bills were driving for a potential go-ahead touchdown with the great Jeff Tool in his first NFL action, mm-hmm. and then he threw a pick six in the last two minutes. Okay. I mean, it's I just it's funny to think that the six three game was two thousand nine, no, and the eight like nothing game was two thousand seven. Nope. So anyway, um, and the twenty nine twenty seven, which was the Monday night game, I think that was the game that Trent Edwards started uh, three of he was zero for six with three interceptions or something on yep. his first six passes or something, something terrible I, like that. I remember that well, and I remember Lindell missing the kick, and I, I kicked a chair. And I very rarely react physically in anger to games, but that game, that pushed me over the top because I think that was the year where they'd started 5-1, and one, and yeah, it was, you know, kind of similar circumstances. But so this was another game where missed kicks and, you know, some poor play overall. Similar themes to that game, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, so certainly frustrating. It's one of these things where you can look at the defense and I think it's deceptive because I think, yeah, you're right. They struggle to stop the Browns running the football, but they held them to nine points in the first half and 19 points overall. And that's pretty good, you know, and it's also, that also includes, was it 10 goal to go plays? 
In it a, was it was eight, but still it was eight in a row, and then there was yeah, and then you're right, two in the last drive or two in that one drive, right? So where yeah. they got to their eleventh, that yeah. that finally punched it in, and so and for me personally, like that that sequence of eight was amazing, and I really enjoyed the way that they just sort of held, like they purposefully held ODB on purpose, OBJ. Um, because he, you know, to stop him from scoring touchdowns, and they, it, to me, that was like smart defensive play. It was at the very end when Levi Wallace was exposed once again, and Micah Hyde was on the radio saying it really wasn't fair because they didn't get any. Pr- not, he was defending Wallace a bit in, in the sense that like it, it was it was supposed to be pressure that got to to Mayfield and they didn't get to him, and 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 uh, and so which plus, is a fair point. I don't remember much uh, many people in on Mayfield consistently uh, with a four no. man rush at all. But it was one of those things where Wallace was only expected to hold him for a few seconds anyway, and obviously you know couldn't keep up with Landry, um, who just had a monster game. Uh, you know, and I was hopeful at some point that the 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 mixed extra point that he caused because of the penalty uh, would come back to bite them. It didn't. It didn't actually ultimately end that way. The other side of the running though, like you know, Frank Gore hit a wall, and if you if you give his five carries to Devin Singletary or Devin Singletary and Josh Allen, I think it's a different football game. You know, I don't need it's funny because I know that like I am have been consistently like, let's see Josh Allen throw the ball. And and I, I was tweeting probably Lars today uh, on on Bills and Beers. Uh, we were talking mm-hmm. a little bit about it. Forty one passes in a three point game is too much. Yeah, it's and it's too much for a guy. And, and and Lars is right. Bills and Beers are right that it's not. It's an execution problem for players that Allen needs to make some of these passes. And you know what? If he makes some of these passes, he's probably not throwing 41 passes <laughs> they're, because they're completing some. Um, and and it just it, that trickles down the dominoes from there. But also, if you're Brian Dable, you have to accept, OK, this hasn't been working. We can all want him to hit the long ball. I don't know why he's not hitting the long ball. He's not hitting the long ball. And so, yeah, okay, I guess you got to throw one to keep people honest here and there. But you can't – You can't. he's throwing behind people, so you can't call those plays. You have to have those plays ready. And the best play that Josh Allen has, frankly, is his touchdown run where you spread out the offense and you let mm-hmm. him go. And it's okay if you watch Baltimore – yeah, that's I what, was just about to say, no one complained that Lamar Jackson Lamar did Jackson, that yesterday. Right, Lamar Jackson is doing that like no one's business. He has 255 pass attempts to Josh Allen's 284, okay? He has completed, you know, fewer uh, just by two, 168 to 170 for Allen. But part of that is because Jackson is allowed to use the full complement of his offense, you know, I haven't looked into him completely, but I do know that they're limiting his passing compared to how much they're using him as a player. And so I don't know if Josh Allen will ever get there as a great passer. He certainly isn't there now, but what he can do is keep a defense honest by running. And he had a couple of great runs this game, and they should have done it more. And in fact, the time they should have done it, to me, was at the end of the game. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to go over there now for a minute because Buffalo moved the ball. Okay. They were at the 35 with, you know, just under a minute left and one timeout and inexplicably on third down, they get to the line and then they back off and do a huddle and they call this 
play that they had called before in the game, according to Dable, and it had worked. And the Browns had changed their defense, and so Allen takes the play, audibles it to a pass to to John Brown on the right side, and you know it doesn't come anywhere close to him. And it's this it's this comebacker kind of pass. It's over the opposite shoulder where like there's going to be no mistakes or anything like that. And in the interim, you waste 30 seconds, and then you get to the line. And you don't snap the ball. You go for the you go for the offsides call, which I, I frankly feel like I have yet to see work under Josh Allen. Yeah, this is not the EJ Manuel era. And you do not have the hard counter. Even if it is, it's terrible. So yeah. to me, what you do on that third and four, okay, first of all, like the fortunes of the universe might change because Devin Singletary misses getting out of bounds by about you know, two inches. Right. And so if he gets out of bounds, it's a whole different thing. They get to call the play call they want and whatnot. But if you do that, you spread out the, you spread out the wide receivers, knowing you have a timeout, you give Josh Allen one read and then you let him go because he's probably going to get four yards. They're trying to stop you from scoring a touchdown. They're going to give you 10, 15 yards in the middle of the field. And then you can use your timeout effectively. You know, and then now you're at first down with so many seconds left. You can take pokes at the end zone. You can I don't know if you really feel like you have to. You can line up the kick for for to tie the game. But to me, and I think that without saying it, they basically said it, you know, McDermott felt like they were in, quote unquote, field goal range. They didn't want to, you know, lose the game with their gunslinger quarterback. Um he blamed a lot of execution and communication and didn't re- – he said a bunch of shit without saying anything in his, <laughs> yep. in his, conf- in his uh, day after conference. He's very today. skilled at that. He is. It's garbage, and I feel like I would just say that's garbage. Could you just answer the question? But yeah. look, that's probably why I'm not allowed in that room. <laughs> you know, it was bullshit because it was either you ha- you need to have a third down play going in there. And if you don't have that third down play and you're and – you're, you're, huddling then i'm sorry that's brian dable's fault like the the play should have been ready to go what's the third and short play um they didn't have it and the 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 blame goes on mcdermott who decided to trust a kicker who had already missed i'm less worried about that i feel like if you like your kicker you like your kicker and so you you give him another chance but you know to me he played to tie and it, it it bit him in the ass and I would have been much more impressed with a gutsy third down call where they actually tried to complete it to somebody instead of like offering up this fake phony baloney throw it to the outside you know if John Brown can kind of bend himself backwards and get to a great and if not fine garbage pass um then I would have preferred just about anything else to that including a draw play or a quarterback run yeah, if you're not if you have an A play against that defense you're looking at in in that at that time of the game, that's when you use it. You're not yeah. saving it for anything at that point. So they they there definitely has to be a better a better direction they could have gone. Yeah, uh, in that that situation. Yeah, I, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't, no, I just didn't was going to say like the only real killer I guess is a turnover. But you know that okay, well you know let him run the ball. I guess he has a fumbling problem, but mm-hmm. if if he knows he's like going to go for it and he's just got to get to a certain place, that seems different than other things. And whatever you're, you're, you, you got to ride it. You, you let him throw the ball 41 times. So let him run the fucking football. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if you're going to either trust him or don't. And if you don't trust him, what are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. And that, I, I would. Yeah, I, I agree fully. You've got to you've got to unleash all your weapons there. We talked about and when we we were talking about the you know, we were talking about the running game, too, in the fourth quarter. Let's remember that Devin Singletary in the fourth quarter had zero carries, right. like literally zero. And again, in a quarter where the Bills were either. Had the lead. Uh, down, yeah, they either had the lead or they were down three at most. Either way, situations where you can fully run the ball uh, in, in those, you know, at that point in the game. Yeah. So that was so frustrating to see that that it. And when you say, "Oh, well, they're putting eight in the box," well, you know what? They're saying, "Hey, we're we're going to play to stop your run." Like, so we're going to try and run it at you. And you know, I'm sure when the Eagles were running crazy against the Bills at the end of that game, <laughs> Bills probably had eight in the box. Eagles story able to close out the game on the run. So you've got to take advantage of that. And yeah, the last so many things long wrong with that last drive. One on, on and it how started so nice was the yeah, thing. And it, it's it, like and he's done that before. He's done the that drive before. So anyway, continue. Sorry. I just Yeah, no, I, it, it's a good it's a good point. Like I didn't even feel bad at the start of the drive like because we had seen him you know, just move the ball downfield quickly when the team needs to move it downfield quickly. And they often get scores in that situation. Not every time last year against Miami, he moved it down the field. Great. And then uh, Charles Clay let him down on the fourth down play. Right. Uh, I thought he did very well in that last drive. And, you know, his fumble earlier in the game aside, which we really shouldn't put aside because he's been doing this every damn game. Like if yeah. he lost all of his fumbles, this would be all we would talk about. <coughs> Right. Yeah, I think uh, he's up to like 10 now. And bless you, sir. Sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I got this that's all right. dry throat in the back here. Yeah, same, same. It's just the transition to winter. It um, is. But yeah, so, but I, I was just pointing that Hausch can not only miss the kick, but he missed it wide and short. Like 53 yards on a calm day, that's something you got to be able to not be short on. And we've seen that ever since toward the end of last year. And that's something to keep an eye on going forward that we don't end up with a bears kicker situation all of a sudden where we have no one reliable, but as, as you correctly point out, never should have been in that situation. Heck I would have rather, you know, gone for it on fourth there to give him more, give Hauschka more of a shot. That said, I get the decision to punt, but yeah, that third down play or to punt to kick the field goal. I wouldn't have gotten a decision to punt. That would have been hilarious. That would have been about the only worst decision to make. Right. Yep. Like we're gonna, we're just gonna, you know, not leave this up to chance. Borges has been our best player today. Uh, so it was, yeah, just watching it stall so quickly, and I feel like this happens a lot. And I'm sure this is this is not uncommon around the NFL. You move the ball, you move the ball, you move the ball, and then oop, you hit a wall on one sequence. You you take a holding call, something pushes right. back. You just you have one drop, and then all of a sudden you're on third and eight, and you can't convert. But Th- that situation when you're picking up yards and chunks like they were, there is no reason uh, for that drive to stall out like that when they've shown they can execute it before, uh, unless the plays that in there are, aren't very, either not very good, which would be on Dable, yeah. or the offense is not executing them correctly, which would be not just on Allen, but also on offensive linemen like Dawkins missing his man to block on the last play. It was just, you know, it, it was just a really frustrating situation because that was a very very winnable situation against a i would say a a league average defense only based on the strength of their pass defense because the run defense is is terrible and to watch the game 
wind up like that when it was there for the taking uh, was bad. I feel like we talk about the offense the whole time, so I do want to say, as happy as I am with the defense, holding them to 19, stopping them eight times on the goal line, like, and then the Hughes fumble situation looked like it ended it when it didn't. Uh, they still had a lot of opportunities to get off the field with third downs on that last drive, and they couldn't couldn't do it. So, you know, that, that part of the game goes on them for not not being able to finish what they started again, not fully blaming them by any stretch because this was a, a game where an offense only put up 14 points and the defense put up two for them. Um, but, you know, would have liked to see them finish. Bills are in good company with the Browns uh, losses. The Browns also beat the Ravens yeah. 40 to 25, right? And they beat the Jets 23 to three. Not as good company there, but there you go. Um, Jets are also a two win team now, though. So, hey, you know. Actually, everyone's getting better. Just, <laughs> just the it's the Bengals are the only offer right now. I think is there any in the national That's football? No, nope, I don't think any in the NFC. No, nope. the Redskins got their win against the against Dolphins. the Dolphins. Yep. And NFC the, North, everyone is at least decent. Yeah, it's just the Bengals. Yep. Um. Well, there you go. Uh. So we took a stab at three stars. Uh. We have like three jumbled stars. Obviously, right. Don't have the Scott precision. Um. That that is, you know, key to this this part of the show. Um, but Paul, I mean, I think we both agreed on uh, our first star overall, right? It's Jarvis, Jarvis Landry. Landry. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I mean, two touch- we're going yeah. in. We're going in the right order, just because we, if we go three, two, one, we're gonna mess it up. But yeah, no, one was fine. definitely Landry. Nine, I think it was nine catches for ninety-seven yards, something like that. A touchdown. Uh, Levi, uh, and, and to give you an idea of the impact that that has, you know, Leslie Frazier was asked about possibly using Kevin Johnson over Levi Wallace next week. And he said they're going to look at everything. Yeah. Not exactly a vote of confidence for Levi Wallace. And uh, a day when they needed him and Teron Johnson, they couldn't get it done. But let's yeah. let's give credit where credit is due. Jairus Landry, huge dick. A uh, guy who's just a, I, I don't like him as a person, immediately got a taunting penalty. After funny, that you said you just took it. My first oh, sorry, was, yes. Not talking no, about my, penis. My first thought was like, how do you know? But, <laughs> all right, I was there a picture on the internet I missed? Yeah. But I see what you're saying now. He yeah. is one. He is yeah. a huge dick. Now, he has one, again. I I don't know Jarvis don't that know. well yet. Um, but, yeah, he's but he's a great football player, and he deserves a lot of credit for the numbers he put up. And really, on a day when... They gave Beckham, I think, 11 or 12 targets, and he only had five catches. Thank you, Trey White. Landry had to come through big, and he did. Um, the other Browns I would consider, and you tell me what you think, Baker Mayfield, 26 of 38, 238 yards and two touchdowns, or Nick Chubb, uh, 20 carries for 116 yards. Again, that gets kind of – that changes by the second half. Yeah, but, I, I, would, I would still give it to – I'd still give it to Chubb, I, I, and that's okay. thinking – Nothing away from Mayfield. Also, two catches in five yards for for Chubb. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because I think it's tough to look at Mayfield's numbers and be super impressed. But also, as as we know firsthand, the Bills' pass defense is very, very good. And for Mayfield to put up even what you would consider average to slightly above average numbers and not turn over the ball, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's a feather in his cap. I still think it's tough to ignore the overall impact that Chubb had on the game though i mean he in he was a game changer in that 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 first half he helped to wear the bills defense down which i think has a lot to do also with their fourth quarter performance when they just didn't have a lot in the tank and uh also and we didn't really talk about it but it, we can talk about during our uh how how how's the process going sort of discussion yeah like the bills have just abandoned their defensive line rotation pretty much now yeah. and 
Hughes and Luda Laley and and Jordan Phillips all have seventy five percent plus of the snaps now. Right. Um, but I think they were probably worn out by by Chubb. So I think you'd be fully justified to give it to Mayfield. I I personally I think I got to give Nick Chubb the number two star. Okay. So with the third um, slot, if I if I could um, tip your hand, you had thought Corey Bohork was. Right, because it's a Bills-Browns game, and I always feel like a punter is usually right. a star of that. And he had a great game. He only averaged over 50 yards a punt. 49.8, three inside the 20, 199 yards total on four punts. And I had thought John Brown, five catches for 77 yards. Right. Because Brown, I mean, to me, like, he he's a thing. But I, I would like to put forth that they should be honorable mentions because even though he didn't get the job done, career high of 266 yards passing – 28 yards rushing in both the Buffalo Bills touchdowns, Josh Allen. Ooh. I mean, there. I have a, I look, I, I like he didn't, he didn't do what I wanted him to do at the end. I felt like maybe, and he definitely had a lot of misses and I felt like there was a lot of problems with his game, but he had both touchdowns. Yeah. He had 14 of the 16 points. And so I think it's hard to say he doesn't deserve to be the third star. <sighs> This is, I think this is actually an excellent transition to where are we in the process discussion, because I think Alan is the first thing we got to talk about there, right? Okay. Well, I, let's uh, just, let's leave it all ambiguous. Yeah. And there won't be an answer. Well, I mean, not... I, I can give a semi-answer on the third star. Yeah, we can make it Josh Allen question mark is the third star. We'll put that in the official third star standings that we, okay. we keep, of course, because we all, all right. keep a spreadsheet of third star. Well, whatever yeah. Scott says the three stars are next week will retroactively fix. Right, he's going to overrule yeah. us anyway. We'll just overrule so. everything. I just, if he has both touchdowns and you scored 16 points, you know, it's both, it's both like, it's kind of his fault that they only had 16 points, but he also is the reason they have 16 points. So, right. um, 16 points. Yeah. So I think starting on that, just talking about Josh, to start on the, I will start on the downside with him, but I think okay. we can move to his upside as, as well. Yeah. Um, the, Stephen had asked us like seven or eight weeks ago, maybe not quite that long, but at least five weeks ago. Like, hey, should we be concerned about the lack of a 300-yard thing? And our answer on the pod, universally we agreed, is, you know, no, we shouldn't be. And we gave very logical reasons just why, you know, 300 is just a number, et cetera. But we did say, look at this gamut of games coming up. Um, if they don't do it during this, you know, this stretch, then we can reasonably question if we have a problem here. And to be fair to, to Stephen's question... It's a reasonable question at this point, because the reason we we fixate on his inability to get to that 300 yard number isn't because having a 300 yard game is necessarily indicative of having a good game because, uh, you know, you can have a bad game and pass mm -hmm. for over 300 yards. Uh, but because most quarterbacks and really, I would say all good quarterbacks are able to hit that number, hit that 300-yard number fairly routinely. And with 266 yesterday, that is still the closest Josh has gotten. And as you noted, Frank, like if he'd hit more of his deep balls, if he'd completed more of the passes he had on the table, he very well could have hit 300 today. Mm -hmm. And this would have been a 29-19 a win. And we'd have been like, oh, yeah, that was he finally did what he, he had to. Um, so that can be... You know, it's easy to get impatient right now as a Bills fan with his development. First of all, if you're saying he hasn't developed, if anyone says that, you clearly don't remember him last year. He is. Yeah, he is no doubt improved. If your argument is he is trash and always has been trash, you're that's wrong. That's just simply incorrect. And there's plenty of 
not just you know statistical evidence, but visual evidence to prove that that person is wrong. But I think there's also some justice in being a little impatient right now because I think it was it was a writer might have been Joe Biscali who said there's a concern now that he might have plateaued. Like okay, now he's he's stopped throwing interceptions and he's really stopped throwing ill-advised passes generally. I would yeah. say, which is good. Um, you know, but here we are, still fumbling a lot, still not finishing drives with consistency because they've only they're at. You know, they're averaging under 20 points a game right now. And they haven't had any get point games where they've scored under 10. So it's not like one or two bad games skews their average. Like they are consistently a below average scoring offense mm-hmm. by a lot. Um, and we talked a bit last week, like when you decrease his emphasis as a runner, you have made him almost more of a game manager uh, type now. So, yeah, I don't know. I've I've talked for a long time. No, I they, have lots they, of right. to discuss, but this might be a good transition for you to talk about into, a few more negatives and then talk about the positives. Yeah, they've turned him into Tyrod, right? Like yeah. that's the thing. Now the good news is he's younger, cheaper Tyrod. So the bad news is yes. you invested him <laughs> yeah. as the number he's seven old pick, and he's yeah. he's supposed to be not Tyrod. Yeah. Um, you know, there's clearly growth. Okay, he's. He's basically at the, you know, he threw for 2,000 yards last year in 11 games. Through nine games, he's thrown through, he's thrown 1,900 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns, same as last year already. He's thrown seven interceptions, but he hasn't thrown one in four games. Um, you know, his yards per game is at 213 yards, so he's at 30 or 40 more yards per game than he was as a rookie. Uh, you know, if you like rating, it goes up. QBR, for some reason, goes down. I don't really understand ESPN's metric there. Think, yeah, it's because they <clears throat> rely so heavily on the run, and he hasn't been running as much. Hasn't been year. running as much. Okay. Well, That's which why is you know Lamar Jackson is like number five, even though his okay. passing stats are, no, I shouldn't say nearly identical. But they're close. Their passing stats are fairly close, uh, at least until yesterday when Lamar Jackson just was even some of his adjusted passing numbers are up and stuff like that. The, the, The big thing is, yeah, like he's gone from 52 yards rushing a game to 30 yards rushing a game. And I want him to be back at probably 40 to 45 yards rushing a game because he's great at it and he gets lots of yards. <clears throat> when he does it and it opens up the, they open up the middle of the field for him and he should take it. And if they're not going to keep a spy, if, if he does that, then they keep a spy on him, which should allow him to throw the ball more. My concern is that by turning him into Tyrod, you're, you're basically robbing him of what he, what, what is special about him. Um, I had said at the beginning of the, the year and I stand by it. Like I was ready for them I was ready to suffer through Josh Allen turnovers if it meant we were throwing contested passes, trying to get our wide receivers to make catches and stuff like that. And they haven't really done either. You know, like his interceptions come on bad throws, period. And they just haven't thrown the contested pass very much, if at all. And so it's kind of the worst of both worlds in that way. And so... Josh Allen, to me, is a better quarterback than he is last year. Josh Allen, if you can win with Tyrod Taylor, you can win with Josh Allen. He's just, I just didn't want Tyrod Taylor, you know. (laughs) And I'm thankful to be paying less for Tyrod Taylor. And I'm thankful for, like, the idea that maybe you can get out from under this contract a bit easier in a few years if you don't. If you don't want to go forward with him, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that they're throwing the football and really trying to see what he can get at. But 
I don't like that they've kind of gotten away from the run, and I don't like that they've really harnessed the reins on him. And it's bothersome. I think that the other thing I want to bring up every time we talk about Josh Allen, we have to talk about the fact that they wanted to get Antonio Brown for him. They knew he needed a dynamic number one receiver, not just John Brown, who's a very good receiver and is in the number one slot and could be a number one receiver in a lot of places. And if he had a better quarterback, might even be a star, John Brown. But they needed a star to come in and be the guy for Allen to be like, don't worry about it. Just throw it at Antonio Brown. He's going to find a way to catch it. They don't have that guy. And a lot of good quarterbacks do have that guy. And so. I think on some level I wanted I don't want to give the coaching staff a pass, but I want to say that they are aware a bit of, of who he is, but they're not playing to his strengths and they're not they're not letting Allen be Allen. And I really I, I really think they need to let him be him. If they have any hope of winning a playoff game with him, I think that's the standard now. And it's, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, which I think they still will. Right. It's, but even it's, if they don't, I think they've shown that they can. Because they they can be they can be good. They're a, they can be a good football team. They're not a great football team. They can be an okay to good football team. Yeah. And the only way they're going to be great is if Josh Allen steps into it a bit more and and embraces who he is. But yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it's fifty. You know, and we'll see. I you raise an excellent point about the the lack of that superstar weapon to which you know, and a lot of quarterbacks don't have that weapon and their team struggle. But the guy, when, when you brought up John Brown, I thought about uh, a guy he wasn't quite teammates with, but uh, former Bill, former Bill's legend, Anquan Bolden. Right. Um, who, when he was, you know, a number one guy in Baltimore was a very good number one guy. 85 catches, 1179 yards, 83 catches, 1062. But when he was a complimentary guy to Larry Fitzgerald, 101 catches for 1,377 yards, 102 yeah. catches for 1,402 yards. So all of a sudden you get, if you, if you had a superstar guy, all of a sudden John Brown goes in and can put up even better numbers than he's playing up as their number one right now, because they even has to pay so much attention to this other weapon. So that's John, that's Jarvis Landry right now. Like yeah. they spend so much time, like they, they just, they absolutely handled OBJ and Landry made him pay. And that would be John Brown's role in a world where there wasn't a superstar one wide receiver, I would think. So yeah. I think yeah, John Brown, it's, it's funny bring up Landry because his numbers, I'm looking at his last year's stats, 81 for 976 and four TDs with the Browns. His stats are going to go up this year. He's already at 652 yards with nine, with seven games to go. And that yeah. would add a quote a, a superstar receiver who'd allegedly take away targets from you. It might take away targets, but it increases the quality of your targets and the likelihood you're open because the other team's best corners are, are constrained on OBJ. Right. I think that it, it in a strange way, where are we now is the same place we've been all year. They're a good team with a quarterback that you have a better read on now. I think this is Josh Allen, at least for the rest of the year. Josh Allen with better weapons. I don't know. He has time to throw. I'll tell you that. He does seem to have enough time to throw. Yeah, the, 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 the little we talk about the offensive line is a very good sign for the offensive line. Right. I think that it's not a question of he's getting rushed. In a weird way, if he was getting rushed, he might be running more. And he might be, be <laughs> frankly, more dynamic. But I digress. Um, you know, I think that some of it is I'm really starting to 
get annoyed with if I'm getting annoyed with someone, <laughs> it's probably McDermott. It's yep. probably the idea that he thinks you can win football games with 20 points and you can you can and you can luck into some of those wins and you can bounce yourself around and get some good defensive plays. But most of the universe is not trying to hold, you know, the, the teams that win are not trying to smother the other team and then and then cling to leads. You know, LSU beat Alabama by scoring, you know, getting 20 points up and then trying to score more. And it was barely enough. And I think that that's the NFL. That's Baltimore against New England. They got up and they kept trying to score and they don't do that. And the, and the weird thing is, like, if you're going to do that, give the ball to Devlin Singletary. If you're going to get the lead, yeah. give give it to Devin Singletary. So it's this weird mishmash of they, they're they're passing, but not aggressive. And I don't I don't it, it, really understand it. It's the fact that. Weird. The fact that they've won two thirds of their games while averaging less than 20 points a game is unheard of. Yeah. And it also, it plays a nice, we talked about the run defense As I looked at run defense stats and I looked at the top run defenses. I've discovered two things about the best run defenses. It's usually either a team that is so bad against the pass that no one bothers to run against them. For example, number one are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who allow 77.8 rushing yards a game. They allow 299 passing yards a game. So they're the worst pass defense and the best run defense because everyone just passes. Same with the Jets. And then the other teams are teams like uh, the Texans and the Eagles and the Ravens and the Vikings and the Saints. And you can think, okay, they have some good personnel on those teams. But what universally stands out about them? Their offenses score points, and that forces defenses to have to throw the ball more as that game goes on. So a lot of the run defense problems could maybe not be fixed, but could be under, could be uh, de-emphasized, if you will, if the offense could more consistently put up the points that Frank talked about LSU being able to do against Alabama and most capable NFL teams are, are most playoff caliber NFL teams are are able to do. So I think as far as, you know, what that means overall for the team, yeah, this offense is, it's kind of plateaued right now. I, we were fairly happy with Dable at the start of this year. This is the second half of a year when, you know, it's, you really have to see how you're developing as an offense, whether, you know, it's going to, they've talked since they got here about the fourth year being the year that they're mm -hmm. in championship contender. That's next season. There needs to be some definite tangible progress with this offense or no matter how good they make this defense and what improvements they make, uh, we could be in for a non-championship caliber 2020 season. Well, unfortunately, the New York Times playoff prediction machine uh, is now behind the paywall. That used to be one of their uh, free free pages. Um, and so I will below. see if I, I wonder if I can. Uh... New York teams playoff generate. I'm going to try and see if someone releases information publicly on, on 538 Google. looks pretty public. I'm trying to see. Yeah. They, there we go. Buffalo lost eight points. They are now a 50. So I saw I saw before the paywall went up that they they were a 60 um, percent chance. 538 has them at a 55 percent chance to make the playoffs. Um, it looks like they're predicting a nine and seven record which you had said on twitter and i was like come on but as i looked at the schedule again i was like yeah okay, <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, maybe four, nine and seven. Five, is... Find me four wins there, and you've got to beat four. You've got to be, win at least. You've got to beat all the teams under five hundred to do that, and you have and to you beat get at least one, more. one of the teams that's above five hundred right now, and that includes yeah. the Patriots and Ravens and the Cowboys on the road, or a little tiny team called Baltimore at, at, home. at home. Baltimore, which has looked unbeatable for weeks now. Yeah, Miami, Denver, and. Yeah. The Jets, that's three. Yeah, those are I the don't three know. you I, will be favored in. They're going to yeah. be underdogs in those four other games, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What do I think? I mean, it's, Pitt- yeah. yeah, Pittsburgh is, is probably and, your best chance again. And I think Lars pointed out on Twitter on yesterday, too, like he's sick of seeing people talk, uh, you know, talking about strength of schedule so early in the season. Like, talk to us about that, like, week 14, because that's when you know. And that's true. Like, so many times on Twitter earlier this year, I would see like, oh man, the Steelers are are trash. They're going to be terrible. The AFC as a whole is terrible. It's a weak year in the AFC. So, you know, the Bills only need to just do this and this to get in. Well, guess what? The Steelers trade for Mink Fitzpatrick because they knew they weren't trash. And now they have been exceptionally good uh, for much. You're going to hold losses to the Patriots and Ravens against them. That's kind of tough to do. And then, you know, you look at the AFC being weak, like, no, it's, it just took a while to heat up. It's normalized. Now you've got what a good nine teams or so that are five and four or better. So it's, there's, it's going to be a, a slobber knocker to, to quote the great Jr. To quote the great Jr. a, a slobber knocker. Uh, the bills don't have any injuries, which is great. Did we get any? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I just was going to say. say, I I put an exclamation point that on the agenda because I'm like, that's ridiculous. They had they had two limited participants in practice on one day last week. Then they were both full participants, and then no one got injured. Then McDermott in his press conference today is like, yeah, no, no injuries have have made themselves apparent from the game yet. I'm like, so, I I do want to know in the as is the end of where we are in the process discussion. Like whatever they've done with the strength and conditioning program there, just that that's that's worked. Is part Maybe of the it, it sure could be. We've seen a few hamstring pulls this year and everyone recovered adequately and they haven't had a recurrence. So knock on wood. All but right. yeah, no, I don't think we had any. I, I tried to because I was so late posting and I was going to apologize for it. But I'm like, you know what, people, I, I've got a job. So I, just, you know, I, if right. I'm day, I might ad- just not post it earlier in the day. We're taking advantage of the fact that Scott's not in town. Yeah, I will bring up the one question Jasmine brought up at the end of yesterday's game because it's it applies uh, pretty well. We just don't score enough effing points, which is exactly what we said. Who, what is to blame? We've kind of gone through that. Being the roster, play calling, coaches' ability to improve players, players' decision making. I want to be frank, but I always agree with Scott. Bah. So I guess we've actually kind of uh, answered a lot of those questions already. We didn't talk too much about the roster other than, yeah, they need one more good weapon. The offensive line seems to be good. And who knows with Allen and the play calling has been a little lackluster in recent weeks. All right. Well, then in that case, I think we should probably beat me over the head with this day in Bill's history. And everyone can be so sad that I can't do this without. Scott. I think I, I this is a good mix. You're going to miss some. I'm not going to lie. You're not going to go 100 uh, percent. But you you've got it. You've got a good chance on a number of these. So I think we're going to be we're going to do just fine today. All right. So we'll start with. November 11th of 2018, Bills call up wide receiver blank. Tremaine Edmonds is expected to play. So it says blank was an undrafted rookie who made Buffalo's 53-man roster at the beginning of the season, but had trouble delivering consistent production as a 
stretching speed receiver earlier this year. It's got to be Robert Foster, right? Robert Foster. See? Okay. You're I got one. All right. Even if you go 1-15, in 15, like the Carolina <laughs> Panthers did in 2001 when they won their first game and then lost 15, there's still no one talks about that. And they talk about the Lions. They talk about the Browns as being the teams that have been winless. All right. So the monkey's off the back. 2017, Charles Clay and blank questionable for Sunday. Says the odds look better for Clay at this point that he'll be back on Sunday. He's five weeks removed from a knee scope. Um, meanwhile, Blank is only two weeks out from the time he sustained a hamstring injury against Oakland in week eight. And the, the hint is this is a defensive player. Okay. He played well for the Bills in 2017, but couldn't stay healthy, which has been the story of his career. Uh, he went to the Browns in 2018 okay. and then he oh, spent. Okay, okay, let me. Yeah, I got. I want to guess Reggie Ragland. Ah, uh, no, good guess, but he was... Okay, he uh, was injured, all right. Um, he was injured, okay, I'll give you the, a big hint here. He spent the 2019 preseason with the Bills after being with the Browns last year and the Bills in 2017. That's the big hint, huh? Um, okay. Spent the. He was put on injured reserve in the preseason, and then they released him with an injury settlement, and I'm kind of scouring the waiver wire to see if they might try and re-sign him like they do with Senior Reese Perry after his injury settlement. Oh. Because they kind of have a need in this spot. Yeah, you're gonna say this, so it's you're gonna say this name, and I'm gonna be mad that I forgot <laughs> it. Um, you know, Levi Wallace not really doing as well as we hoped. Uh, so not not a gain, not Gaines. Gaines, yes, you got oh, it. EJ oh, Gaines. EJ Gaines was there, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So good job. All right, two for two. Uh, no quiz on this one, but 2017, another headline that day, which I thought was hilarious. It says Kelvin Benjamin's impact could be felt by other Bills receivers. And it says if the Saints decide to pay extra attention to Benjamin, that should help open things up for fellow receivers. Jordan Matthews, Andre Holmes, Deontay Thompson, and Brandon Tate, as well as for tight end Charles Clay. Well, None of those people are on the team, right? right? Exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. And they don't even mention Zay Fabulous. Jones because he was hurt that week. So that would be seven guys mentioned in this headline and subheadline that are not with the team. None of those guys. All right. 2014, Seahawk blank. Find $9,115 for hit on Buffalo kicker Dan Carpenter. Oh, Richard Obviously. Sherman. Richard Sherman playing right now as we talk, playing on Monday Night Son Football. The, the, the uh, Niners. Three for three. So now the pressure's on to have the perfect game. All right. This is, this is my favorite question. I would not ask this if Scott were on. This is a very frank, specific question. So here we go. The headline is... Three excess text messages prompt a fan to sue the Bills. So a fan essentially has claimed that the Bills were sending him too many text messages. So here's the quiz question for you. All right. The fan's attorney stated, we have a defendant who appears to have violated a federal law on multiple occasions affecting thousands of people. Whether you are a fan of the Bills or not, no one should spam their customers. The blank has been on the books for more than 20 years and the Bills either knew or should have known that they were breaking the law. So what law? A 1991 law, it was passed in 91 originally, restricts telemarketing and limits the use of automatic dialing systems, artificial pre-recorded oh. voice messages, SMS, text messages, and fax machines. You know, I could have told you that that was a law, but I, I don't know that I know the name uh, of the law. But let me. I want to say like the... Fairness in Telecommunications Restrictions Act of 1991. That's very well could have what it could have been called. It is, in fact, the 
TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which probably should no longer even be called Telephone Consumer Protection Act, um, because now it's not really, I mean, it's a combination of uh, other sorts of electronic communications devices that are spamming people. But I figured I'd throw in one law question uh, for you. I, I, we have our firm I'm with does a lot of TCPA works. So like, yeah, let me. There you, you go. Know, Frank, Frank's on the IPN now. I could, I could have told you, like, you know, that's probably against the law. But, yeah. but I wouldn't have. I would have had to look up what you know what as a professor of mine says. Uh, you know what they call a lawyer who memorizes the law, disbarred. Mm. It always behooves you yep. to look it up. Anyway, it always. Always does. It's just like uh, something I was going to say. Like a lot of clients always assume there's a book called The Law and lawyers just right. memorize that and that's all you need to do. All right. So we're still perfect on Bill's actual questions about Bill's players. 2011, Bill's blank likely to play left tackle Sunday. What Chad year is Gailey, this again? 2011. Okay. Got a couple of hints coming your way, which should help. Hey, Chan Gailey. Yep, Chan Gailey. That if I had to guess right now, I'd say probably that it's over 50% chance that he'll play left tackle, said Shan Gailey. We're still holding out hope for Chris Harrison, but I think that'll probably be the way it is at least to start the game. So this is a guy who traditionally played guard. He played guard with four seasons for the Bills and did, in fact, get pressed into duty as left tackle and center in 2011 at points. Uh, after his four years with the Bills, he signed as a, bi a big free agent deal with Tennessee, but play only two seasons with them and then four with Atlanta before he announced his retirement just this past May. Craig, uh, Craig Urbic is too new for this. Too but, new, yes. And here's the other yeah. hint. And this is good. He was a very durable player. In his first eight seasons in the NFL, the first four of which were at the Bills, he started all 16 games every year. Mm, see, this is this is a Scott question. Yeah, he would know that. I, I didn't even look up the colleges this week. because my like, Frank doesn't care. But yeah, so I, I think he was a second-round pick at the Bills, and he actually did exactly what you would hope a second-round pick would do, other than the fact that they didn't get him on a second contract. They lost yeah. him in free agency. You know, I'm going to punt on this one. I'm going to take a loss here because I think that I, I, I'm not – we could sit here forever, but I don't think yep. I'm going to get the – All right. It is uh, Andy Levitra. Andy, Andy Levitra did all that. I forgot yeah. that he – okay. Yep. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking of him and Eric Wood, but I said that can't be right. But I, I there you go. Yeah, that was the guy. All right, 2004. Blank brings a special touch to the Bills. Uh, blank says the two player of the week honors should give us the impetus to go on. Nothing should keep uh keep us back except complacency. When I got here, I thought we had good players for the kicking squads and a good team. We've got a bunch of overachievers, or at least an overachiever mentality. So this was a guy who. Uh, was the this was the first of his six seasons coaching the Bills special teams, and he was twice. <laughs> Danny Crossman. Oh no, this is the bad. Oh no, Bobby April. Bobby April. Bobby April. Yes, you okay. don't even need the other hints about his son coaching no, no, Wisconsin. No. Bobby April, it is. All right, 2001. This is a callback because I think it was just about two months ago I asked this guy to. Bills, <laughs> and it was the same context. Like you say that like it means something to me, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't have your memory. It's all Go right. Ahead. Well, I have plenty of hints on this one. Okay. Can't get there. All right, here we uh, go. Uh, Bill's veteran blank is not dead, but his career is fading away. So this is 2001. It says it's taken its toll. Blank has reached a point where a player no longer expects to be fully healthy. He only hopes healthy enough to play. The veteran left tackle has played five games a season, essentially on one leg, and has struggled mightily at times. First round draft pick in the Super Bowl era, played on a few of the Super Bowl teams, but as this article notes, by 2001, he was long dead. I think he signed with Arizona after the 01 season and played a handful of games there, and then that was it. Okay, so Super Bowl era, lineman, 
yeah. for the Bills, done by 2001. Yep. First All right, left tackle. Oh, come on. I, I can see his damn football card. I can. I, I can, can, I can you see him? You can see him. So I'm trying to give a very not so subtle hint here, but is it John Cena? No. John, yes, yes, John Cena. Cena. John Cena. Cena. Yes. <laughs> yes. You talked yourself into that hint. Well done. So. No, my job. wrestling head. I was about to guess John Cherry, but I'm glad I didn't have to. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll I heard he wait. might be available for our podcast, but we'll have to yeah. talk about it. Oh yeah. Let's uh, let's lose our five listeners. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Also in 2001, there's no quiz on this, but I have to bring it up. Bills get first look at Patriots QB Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Other than his fourth quarter meltdown in Denver two weeks ago, and he threw four interceptions and ten passes, Brady's impressed with his poise and smooth direction of the offense. He appears to be the level-headed type who won't let momentary adversity affect him. Yeah, that was in that was 18 years ago. Well, we never knew because he never really had adversity after that. No, he didn't. Uh, All right. Here's uh, 2000. Sames and blank will be honored Sunday. So you'll need the hints for this one. Okay, former Buffalo, yes, exactly. Done. Uh, former <laughs> Bill, former Buffalo Bills, George Sames and blank will be inducted to the team's wall of fame ceremonies before the 1 PM kickoff of Sunday's game against the bears. Sames was a safety who earned all American football league honors five times as a member of the American football league, all time team, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Blank was a starting guard for the bills in 1968 he played the entire season with the Bills team rookie of the year. He later joined the U.S. Army as an officer and was killed in the Vietnam War. Oh, ma'am. All right, so not Joe DeLamalier. Oh. Yeah, he was the last NFL player to be killed serving as a soldier, uh, at least when this article was written. And, of course, in 2004, unfortunately, that became no longer the case as Pat Tillman right, was right. killed in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, hmm. Not a famous, let's put it this way, he's known, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to him, in fact, sure. I brought, I use this headline certainly because it is Veterans Day and I felt we should do him some honor, um, but a name you would only know in connection with him being at one point the last, the only active player to be killed in the Vietnam War. Yeah, you know, I don't know this one because I, I know that the people I know are are all alive or, or were alive at that point, and, and I, so I don't know the story and I would like to know the name of this person and, and say a public thank you for his service. Mr. Bob Kalsu, KLSU. Okay. Well, and he died in the in, in service in Vietnam. Yep. At the age of 25 years old in 1970. So. Well, that's really. Um, I'll just take a moment to say that's really sad, and I hate war, and war is stupid, and I understand that we find it necessary from time to time, and I would just like to thank him for his service, but I'd be hopeful that someday we get to a place where we stop killing each other to figure shit out. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, go ahead, Paul. Last one. This will be a tougher one, but I think you could do it. 1996, Bills turn back Eagles continue NFC East mastery. Yes. So it says Bruce Smith sack of Ty Detmer in a blocked punt, key 2014-2417 win. The biggest player was delivered by Smith, Buffalo's all-pro pass rusher, who sacked mm-hmm. quarterback Ty Detmer on fourth down in the final 30 seconds, and Eagles threatening on the Bills' three-yard line. Uh, the Bills' regular season record against the NFC East was 13 and three since 1986, mm-hmm. not counting the Super Bowls, unfortunately. Right. All right. So the question: uh, This was a game that made a decisive turn early when rookie Blank raced in untouched from the right side to block Tom Hutton's left-footed punt the first quarter, and then he effectively drained the Eagles' momentum, deflated a veteran stadium crowd. Um, so he would pick up the would punt, run be... it, and touchdown. Okay. Would that be Henry Jones? 
Nope, nope. This is a linebacker. Okay. Um, four seasons with the Bills. So this was his rookie year in 96. He finished the year with five sacks and 19 tackles. He had a good four years with the Bills and then spent one with the Vikings and then was pretty much out of football with injuries. Um, mm-hmm. So made a, a good impact in his short career. I My hint, the only one I can think of really is think, think senses of direction. Northwest, east, south. Right. So think along those lines. Okay. Ryan North. No. Okay. You, you, you're you're on the right. You're pointing the right direction, if you will. Um, Brian Sorry. North. Yeah. Okay. Name every first name you can think of. Yeah. No, I'm no just, I can't. All right. Well, um, well no, I don't. Here. This will be too much of a challenge. Yeah, I don't really remember, but I'm glad I guessed the right direction. I I, I will say that. In 96, I graduated high school, and then I went to college. And in college, I found I didn't watch football as much for uh, a few years. You so would have is, missed, yeah. His I would have missed game. basically his career, yeah. His, yep, so that was Gabe Northern. Was Gabe the, North, okay. So probably a name you've heard and know, but not someone you think like, oh, yeah, that guy. You know, so. But, yeah, that was the Stay in Bills headlines, uh, November 11th, and we have three minutes to get under an hour. This is doable. Bills-Dolphins, the Dolphins have won two football games since the Bills beat them. Uh, the Bills have gone one and one since they beat them, or one and two. Uh, one and it's, two, yeah. Yeah, because they lost to the Eagles and the Browns. But I think that the anyway the the Dolphins have gone two and zero oh or two and one since then. Uh, Fitzpatrick has has done some stuff, and they continue to be the Dolphins. Um, and the Bills, despite losing to the Browns, um, apparently Vegas doesn't think they're total frauds. They still think they're six and a half points better than. The Dolphins, and I think that's on the road, right? Like we're going to Miami. It is, yep. All right. So, favor fortunes the 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 Bills here. Um, I'll get my pick out of the way. Yeah. I I'm not gonna say anything about you know putting your foot on the throat or anything. Pardon me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden this week. But. Ooh. I always say it's happened to me there on the go. pod Isn't too. It's like oh. it, yeah. There it goes. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the Bills will win a football. I think the Bills will win the football game. I think they can win by seven. Um, so I'll say, I'll say t- twenty-four to seventeen. I, I, I think that you know, I'm, I'm over kind of believing in the Bills, like kind of putting somebody away. I, I think by the end of the year they might do it once, right? Yeah. I think that there's. I like, feel like the odds are you have to like even the three and thirteen Bills won one game by like fifteen points. So you know, right. they're it's always. Yeah. I think that's going to happen, but right now I'll take I'll take the Bills by seven to to just cover, you know, get back to seven and three heading into really the toughest part of the schedule. Um, what do you think of this game? Yep, I would. Uh, you know what? The good news for for fans is as I like to brag because I won't be able to do it for the entire season. I'm sure I am nine and zero right now with my picks, and usually I don't guess nine right in the year uh, <laughs> and, and six two and one with the spread. Um, I also say the Bills, and because I wrote down my score before you said anything, I'm going to stick with it, even though it's very similar to yours. I'm going to say the Bills don't quite cover. They're not able to put them away immediately, but I say the Bills win 24-20. to 20. Simply okay. a, a better team than the, the Dolphins at this point, and even though the struggles of the last three weeks, I think they're going to get over the hump this game. I have the same record as the Bills as I found myself picking them each week, but in fairness... It's all it's been a strength of schedule for you, too, in a way. Right. Like, yeah, you, know, you only had to make like a couple of tough 
decisions, but you've made yeah, the really, ball the Eagles right. and Browns, the two I got right that you didn't, I think, were the Eagles and Browns games. And the, the, and the yeah, Patriots, you, and you picked the Patriots of... game, or Scott went with the, the Pats in that game. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the only two tough ones were the Eagles and Browns. And I just, like, I, it was just looking on paper. I'm like, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of names I recognize on these teams, so I'm going to pick them. All right. Well, the, that's good news for for Bills fans out there, including us, because we're Bill fan, Bills fans. Yes. Um, <clears throat> if you'd like to thank Paul for his predictions and, and his, his soothsaying and his harbinger of wins, uh, you can do so at bbillsmny on Twitter, or you can email us bbillsmny at gmail.com. We'll check it sometime this year. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash bbillsmny. Um, you can search Buffalo Bills maybe next year on the Googles. And we should turn up. Um, we'll have Scott back next week. I really appreciate everyone listening. Thank you so much. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.